Well, hey, can we get the band another hand? Uh, that's their uh, first original song that our church has uh, written. China actually wrote the lyrics to, uh, to that, and the band uh, did the rest of it. Uh, so many of you have asked me over the past five years, hey, when's the band going to put out a CD of some sort? Well, here's the thing you need to understand about putting out CDs. If we do other people's songs, that costs a lot of money because we have to buy the rights to each song to be able to put it out, and we'd have to charge you guys like $100 for a CD, and there's no way you're going to want to do that. So the more they write their original stuff, uh, the more we're going to be able to actually have a whole album like that. So keep encouraging them uh, to be writing and doing that. I thought that was awesome, so thank you guys uh, for doing that. Hey, we are continuing, or actually we're wrapping up our, our series today called Hashtag Struggles. And I was thinking the other day, I, I'm getting really old. Uh, actually, uh, Lisa and I, in just a couple of days, will be celebrating our 20th wedding anniversary. So that's uh, pretty cool. So that, that tells you we're getting a, a little bit on the, the old side. But I was thinking, you know, I've actually owned a cell phone now for 25 years. 25 years. Now, I've shared this with you before. My very first cell phone was what was called a bag phone. How many of you had a bag phone? You, you know what a bag phone is? Yeah, all the cool kids had a bag phone, right? A, a bag phone, for those of you that don't understand, basically takes something that was about the size of a dictionary, and I'm only slightly exaggerating, and that was the battery of the thing, all right? And it was in the bottom of the bag, and on top was the actual phone, and it actually had a cord. So you would, like, open it up, and you, like, had the old cord-like thing, and you're like, talking on your bag phone, and I thought as a teenager I was just the coolest thing walking through the mall on my bag phone with this big old cord, you know, and everything, and you put it down, then you, like, took the flap and put it over, and it Velcroed and stuff, and you had it there when you're, you know, and, and you know, so I, I like having uh, the, the first man purse, like, going through the mall, right? I'm, like, I'm, like, really cool, right? And then after that, they started to make phones smaller and smaller and smaller, and if you remember, the trend was getting it, like, the smallest phone you could possibly get. And so I kept getting different phones, and they kept getting smaller and smaller. And eventually you got, like, the flip phone. How many of you had flip phones, right? That was cool. You, like, flip the thing, you know, and there it was and everything. And it was, like, really tiny, and you shove it in your pocket there. And so we had that. And I remember the, the first iteration of the phone that I had that it did more than just, like, you could talk to people, but then you could actually, like, text. And, and you're, like, figuring that out. How do you do that? And you, like, push, like, A. And, you know, you had to keep hitting all the buttons and everything. And, and so that was really cool. And then eventually, not only could you text, but you could actually get a phone that had the internet on it. And you could like surf the web and you could watch videos and everything. Now today, you know, our smartphones that we have are like little miniature computers, basically. There, there's a lot of things that you can do on a phone. Now, my latest phone that I got uh, just this past November has one of the activity trackers on it. So every time I take a step, it's, it's like counting them, right? And so I'm going to take a little walk here as I'm preaching just to keep my steps going. And because it says that you've got to do 10,000 steps per day. That, that can be a, a lot of steps if you're somebody like me, mostly sitting at the computer and, and working. And so what I noticed is when I first got the phone, I'm so goal-oriented, I was so paranoid about losing steps, that I actually started sleeping with my phone. I put it in my sweatpants or in my shorts pocket as I'm sleeping at night because I was afraid that when I get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, I was going to lose those couple steps back and forth to the toilet. How many of you are going, I'm praying for you, Pastor, right? <laughs> all right, I admit that's a problem, all right? <laughs> so I stopped doing that recently. I don't actually sleep with my phone anymore, but I think some of you maybe know 
what I'm talking about as far as having your phone start to control and dictate your life a little bit. See, the problem is many of you, every time your phone beeps, buzzes, rings, or dings, you immediately just, you reach for it, don't you? You don't even think about it anymore. It's just become second nature that as soon as it buzzes, as soon as it rings, you just reach for it to see what's going on. Right? We we just instinctively reach for the phone. We don't even have any downtime anymore. If you're just like standing out in the lobby after church or you're at a doctor's appointment or something, instead of just sitting there and waiting like we used to, what do we do now? We just instinctively, we reach in our pocket, we pull out our phone. What are we doing? We're surfing the internet. We're checking Facebook. We're checking our emails. We're checking texts. We're we're just constantly on our phones. And what I don't think we realize is how much our phones have started to actually own us. That we are owned by our phone instead of us owning our phones. And the Apostle Paul, he actually, he's talking at one point, not about cell phones, because obviously he didn't have a cell phone, but he, he gives us a great scripture that sort of talks about sort of our culture that we have right now when it comes to stuff like that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, he says this, I'm allowed to do anything, but I won't allow anything to gain control over my life. Paul's saying, look, there's a lot of things that you can do. And here's the, here's the deal. A lot of times you talk to people that are not Christians. They're like, I don't want to become a Christian because you're not allowed to do anything. Well, yes, there are a couple things in the Bible that, you know, thou shalt not, you know, do certain things. But what you actually find is that the, the freedom that we have in Jesus is so much better than the, the quote unquote freedom we thought that we had when we were living for the devil. I mean, when, when you live within God's parameters and God's guidelines, it is so freeing to know that you're perfectly in God's will. And what we need to realize is that there's far more things that we're allowed to do than things that we're not allowed to do. And that's what Paul's saying is, look, I can do a lot of things, he says, but in the midst of doing those things, I'm not going to allow anything to control me. Some translations say it this way. Paul says, I'm not going to become a slave to anything. I'm not going to allow anything to become my master. He says the only one we're going to become slaves to is is Jesus himself. He's the only master that we're going to serve. But again, so many people, when it comes to social media and technology and everything, we've become mastered by it. It controls us. Saying, well, Gilbert, how do I know if that's me or not? Well, I put together in honor of David Letterman retiring just a week and a half ago or so, a top ten list of ways that you know whether you're being controlled by social media and technology. Number ten. You have named your dogs Facebook and Twitter. That's probably a problem. Number nine, you plan your throwback Thursdays weeks in advance. Number eight, your cat has its own Instagram page. Number seven, you look forward to going to the bathroom so you can try to get to the next level of Candy Crush. That's probably a problem. Number six, you change your Facebook profile picture more often than a 12-year-old girl. Guys, you know, you're 30, you know, that's a problem. Uh, number five, your girlfriend's name is Siri. That's, that's definitely a problem. Number four, in real life, you say to people things like BRB, TTYL, LOL. That, that's a problem. Number three, where's Teresa? I wrote this one just for Teresa. Number three, you get all your medical advice from WebMD. <laughs> I tell Teresa that that's where I get all my medical advice from. <laughs> Number two, you stage the placement of each leaf of your salad so that it will look better on your Instagram picture. 
And the number one sign that you have a problem with social media and technology is your tan lines look like this. Now, we laugh about all that, but did you know that there is now a new documented phobia called nomophobia? Not making this up. It's an actual real thing, nomophobia, and it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a phobia of not having your mobile device, nomophobia. You're going, that's crazy that people would have you know, fear about not having their phone. But listen to this. Let me, let me give you some of the statistics of some recent studies that have came out. 66% of all Americans have extreme anxiety if they're in an area where they lose cell connection, if the battery on their cell phone goes dead, or if they've left their phone at home or they've lost it. 66% have extreme anxiety. If you're between the ages of 18 and 24, that number goes from 66% up to 76%. I don't know about you. I don't get full-blown anxiety when I don't have my phone, but the few times that I have recently not had my phone, it does feel a little weird, doesn't it, to, to not have it there. It's like a security blanket or something that we have. More statistics. 58% of Americans check their phone at least once per hour. 59% of people read their email on their phones as soon as it arrives. 89% of people check their email while they're on vacation on their mobile device. And let me just say this. This is one thing I learned many years ago. I don't check email. So like when Lisa and I are away coming up here, don't bother sending me an email. You're just going to get an autoresponder saying contact Bill. All right? That's all you're going to get. Uh, and, and I would encourage you to do the same thing. When you're on vacation, it's called vacation for a reason. All right? Disconnect. Get away from work. Get away from all those things. Actually rest and enjoy yourself. Uh, 80% of Americans sleep with their phone. Here I thought I was weird doing that, but 80% of people actually do that. Uh, 84% believe that they could not go one day without their phone on them. Starting to see through some of those numbers how we're violating what Paul said earlier, that I'm not going to allow anything to control me. Doesn't that sound like perhaps our mobile phones and, and social media and technology is, is owning us instead? I mean, for many people, it's bordering on an addiction, and we're, we're constantly just feeding our minds new and new content, right? Because we just, we're, we're reaching in. It, it, beep, buzz, ding, ring, whatever. It's like, oh, Facebook notification. Uh, you know, Fluffy, you know, ran away or something. And somebody did that. Or, you know, something else is going on. Or I got a text or I got an email. And so we just keep getting more and more stuff. And like I said, we're surfing the Internet. And we're just feeding our minds more and more and more stuff. Often worthless content. You know, I don't need to see one more cat video. You know, it's just... It's just stuff. Our minds just keep racing over and over because we just keep feeding it stuff. And many times, you know, in life, we're, we're just getting all this, this stuff going on, and it's constant. And we don't feel as productive as what we think we could be. And we wonder why. And we feel overwhelmed and we wonder why and, and we're short-tempered with our family members or friends and we wonder why. What, what, what's going on? Why, why am I like this? Why am I spiritually, why am I being drained right now? Why? What, what's, what's happening to me? And I want to suggest to you this morning that it has to do with just what I'm talking about here. We just keep 
feeding ourselves more and more and more stuff, and it drains us. See, I don't think there's anyone here today that would deny that, you know what, our bodies need physical rest, right? You can't just keep going, going, and going, and going, and never get any sleep. Right? Eventually you're going to wear out. You're not going to be as productive. You're not going to be able to get things done at work the way you want to because you haven't been getting sleep. You haven't been getting your proper rest. What I want to say to you is in the same way that your body needs physical rest, your soul needs rest as well. You can't just keep going and going and going and feeding your mind stuff all the time and expect that you're going to be at peak performance. It's just not going to happen. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today, is how do we give rest for our souls? How do we disconnect from social media? How do we disconnect from technology? Not forever, but just a little bit each and every day so that we can allow our souls to get refreshed. How can we find the, the simple peace and the, the solitude that comes from getting away from all the beeps and the buzzes and the dings and the rings? Again, listen, I'm, I'm all for technology and stuff, but I think that we need to hear from the creator of the universe far more than we need to hear from a computer in our pockets. And so if you've got your Bible there, you want to follow along in Hebrews chapter 4, Verse 9, we read this. There is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that rest. Scripture writer says, man, there's a special rest in God. And you need to find that rest. You need to discover it. But here, here's the problem. Many of us think that our rest is going to come from, like, people, or our rest is going to come from things, or our rest is going to come from, you know, feeding ourselves more content on the TV. And again, maybe that's going to give you physical rest. But what we're talking about today is how do you get spiritual rest? How do you get rest for your soul? And let me just say this. It will never come through anyone or anything but Jesus. Just simply in his presence, just sitting at his feet, that's where you find rest for your soul. And so here's the invitation that Jesus gives us in Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 29. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find what? You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Lisa and I just opened up our pool this week, and so it's been nice on these hot days to be able to get in. And man, that is so refreshing on a hot summer day to be able to jump in the pool. Well, I've gotten in the pool. She's chicken. It's 84 in the pool, and she's like, ah, it's still too cold. But man, for me, it's like, ah, oh man, this, this is refreshing. What Jesus is saying is, look, in the same way that a pool refreshes on a hot summer day, you can come to me, all you who are weary, all you who are heavy burdened, and I'll be that refreshment for you. I will give you the rest that you so desperately desire. 
Man, that is so awesome. And here's why this is so important. We're concluding this series today. And over the last five weeks, we've been talking about you know, social media and all the, the good that it has and the, the ways that it can impact things. But we've also talked about some of the dangers. And I've given you some practical next steps that you need to take to make sure that you don't walk too far into those dangerous areas. And all of you have a choice to make. Are you going to follow God's will? Or are you going to take some next steps to, to keep some control over these things? Or are you just going to keep living life the way you've been living it? And just allow, you know, uh, social media and technology to, to, uh, to negatively impact your contentment and your relationships and your authenticity and your compassion that we've talked about the last couple weeks. But really, today's message is where the rubber meets the road, because if you don't get today's message, you're not going to be able to really apply the other ones. That you've got to find a rest in God. And part of that rest is sort of getting away from some of the tech. Again, not forever, but just for a little bit. So how are we going to do that? Well, I've got two suggestions for you here this morning. The first one is this on your outline. I must learn to be still and contented simply with the presence of God. To just sit still and be quiet in God's presence and say, there's no place in the world right now that I'd rather be. For those of you that have kids or you've ever like hung out with kids and you're like babysitting or something, you know that one of the, the hardest things in the world is to get a little kid to sit down and be quiet and be still. Right? I mean, they may sit there for like, 30 seconds or something, but then all of a sudden they start to fidget a little bit. Then they're like, can we go now? And then they're like a little bit more active. Bill brings his son Ryan in on Sunday mornings as we're practicing because his uh, wife works sort of the late shift, and so she comes from work and picks him up. So Ryan's usually up there like near where Yvonne's at. And uh, when Ryan was a little bit smaller, he usually would just fall asleep, even with the band blaring during practice and stuff. He'd just be, but now he's getting a little bit older and stuff. And it's just, anything to keep him from climbing out of his crib back there. You know, he's got his leg up over the side stuff, and we're all like yelling, Ryan, no, sit, you know, sit down. It's just hard to keep kids still and, and keep them quiet. And, you know, this morning I, I, I heard him a couple times, Mr. Gilbert, can we go play? You know, and I'm like, sorry, Ryan, you know, I got I got stuff to do. So we understand that with kids, but here's what we need to understand. We never really outgrow that, do we? All sure, as adults, we can mask it a little bit better than maybe Ryan did this morning. We know that, you know, during a sermon, I should probably sit still here, you know, and stuff, not be too distracting or whatever. So we've trained our bodies to sit still and be quiet for a little bit. But here's the truth. Our minds are always going, aren't they? Our minds are always thinking. There's always something on our mind. And that's what I want to encourage you. If you're going to find rest for your soul... You've got to figure out a way to get your mind to shut off, even if just for a little bit. Here's God's instruction to us. Psalm chapter 46, verse 10. He says, be still and know that I am God. Sometimes we just need to give ourselves permission to chill out and relax a little bit. To say, for at least a couple minutes, it's okay to be doing nothing. I'm just going to sit here in stillness and quiet and just enjoy Jesus. K. 
King David, he actually figured out how to do this. He learned it. In Psalm chapter uh, 131, verse 2, the, the first part of it, he says this, I have stilled and quieted my soul. Again, not just his, his physical body, but he says, I've learned how to, to still and, and I've quieted my soul. And I want you to notice here, he's talking in the past tense. In other words, he didn't say, I'm working on quieting and stilling my soul. No, he says, I have done it. I have quieted and I have stilled my soul. In other words, it is possible to do it. You can do it as well, but it's not going to be an accident. In other words, you know, David didn't wake up in the morning and the very first thing that he instinctively did was reach for his phone to see, you know, Facebook notifications and what emails came in and all that kind of stuff. That, that wasn't what he was doing. Now, obviously, he didn't have a cell phone to do that, right? I mean, this is thousands of years ago, but he had distractions as well. Uh, again, in this series, we've just been using social media and technology to talk about problems that people have had through centuries. It wasn't just the invention of the cell phone that all of a sudden people went from being still and quiet and rested in their souls to now that we're not. No, and people have struggled with this for a long, long time. David, I'm sure he wrestled with it. But he says, look, I've learned how to quiet and I've learned how to still my soul. And again, it wasn't accidental at all. He learned how to, to get away from the distractions, even if just for a little bit. And I want to encourage you to do the same thing. Get away from the distractions, even if just for a couple minutes every day. Still and quiet your soul and just be in the presence of God. David continues on in that same verse then, and he says this. Here, here's sort of the result. He says, like a baby content in its mother's arms, my soul is baby content. I love that. I, I took that, that's from the, uh, the message paraphrase, but I, I love the, the phrasing of that. He's like, my, my soul is baby content. I've been fed, I'm warm, in the arms of my mother, I'm content. And see, we need to, to learn that in the presence of Jesus, that we're in his loving arms, we're in his presence, and we're spiritually fed and nourished by him. His warmth of His love and His grace, it shines down on us. We need to learn to be just content with that. And just to sit there for a couple minutes. Still and quiet our soul. So here's my challenge to you. All this upcoming week, just try it for a week. I want you to take five minutes out of every day. And just sit still. And sit quiet before Jesus. Now, just even the thought of that, for some of you, it's freaking you out. You're like, I don't think I could do that. But listen, just, just try it. Just try it. And this isn't a time you're praying. This isn't your prayer time. You're not asking God for anything. If anything, if you need to speak anything at all, you're just going to thank Him. Just thank Him who he is and what he's done in your life. But for the most part, just say, Jesus, here I am. Just me. And for the next five minutes, I'm going to pretend like you don't need my help running the universe. I'm actually going to trust that you can still take care of things. 
Again, I know many are going, I don't know where that five minutes would come from. If that's you, you're way too busy. Listen, don't allow your schedule, don't allow your to-do list to dictate your life. Take time to find rest for your soul. Sharpen yourself, so to speak. So that way you can be more effective. You know, there's the story about the guy that he was, he was taking, you know, the, one of those saws, you know, and, and, and doing a tree. And he's doing it, he's doing it. And a guy comes by and somebody, he says to him, well, why don't you stop and sharpen the saw? And he's like, man, I don't have time to stop and do that. I don't have time. You see how crazy that is? Sometimes you just got to stop and sharpen the saw because when you come back then you're going to be more effective and everything's going to go a little bit faster, a little bit quicker, a little bit easier. And that's all I'm saying to you this morning is sharpen the saw by quieting your soul. Be still and know that I'm God. Again, don't worry about anything. Don't pray about anything. Just sit before God. Enjoy His presence. Number two then, not only do we need to still and quiet our soul, but I need to make a game plan to allow rest for my soul. I mean, we've already acknowledged throughout this whole series that all the beeps and the buzzes and the dings and the rings that go on, they just distract us from, you know, being the best that we can in God. And so we've got to have a game plan of how we're going to combat that. Well, here's what the writer in Proverbs has to say, and it's uh, Solomon. He says in verses, uh, or chapter 13, verse 16, A wise man thinks ahead. A fool doesn't, and he even brags about it. So what's Solomon saying here? A wise man has what? He has a plan. He's thinking ahead. This is what I'm going to do. But if you don't have a plan, you're a what, does he say? A fool. And so we need to have plans for all kinds of things in life. But I want to say, if you're truly going to find this rest, if you're going to still and quiet your soul, you've got to have a plan of how am I going to do that? What's that going to look like? You know, one of the things is, what is your plan for dealing with distractions? As you're sitting there, you're trying to take five minutes. What do you do when distractions come up? Well, my plan for it is what I just, I already, spoiler alert, I already gave it to you. Um, my, my plan is, I'm trying to be as still and as quiet and not really say anything or think anything for those five minutes. But my plan for distractions is to thank God. So, like, for example, this week I had two, like, big distractions as I was doing this. I'm sitting there in my office, and everything's going good, and then the air conditioner kicked on. And so, you know, and it's making noise and everything. So what did I do? Instead of saying, oh, man, and, you know, I've got to reset the timer or something, what I do? I just, thank you, Jesus, that we have air conditioning. It keeps us cool. And then that was it. That Distraction was done. But then like a minute later, like there was some sort of construction going on outside of our house. And so there's all kinds of noise going on. So I'm like, all right. Thank you, Jesus, that, you know, men and women outside, they have jobs. You know, they can put food on their tables. And thank you that they have the gifts and the skills, the talents, the abilities to do whatever it is they're doing out there. Because I know I couldn't do whatever it is they're doing because just the word construction right away, that disqualified me, right? 
so what I did was by acknowledging that there was a distraction, it helped it not to become a distraction. If you just sit there and keep thinking, I don't hear that, I don't hear that, I don't hear that, I don't hear that, that doesn't work. But if you just acknowledge, yeah, that's a distraction. And real quick again, I just thank Jesus for those distractions. You know what happened? They just faded into the background. I was able to go back and still and quiet my soul just for those five minutes. So again, you have to have a a game plan. For some of you, your game plan needs to be, what are you going to do with your phone and all the technology during dinner time? Because we talked about, you know, earlier in the series about relationships being so important and how social media and technology is, is distracted from that because everybody's sitting there. How many of you have noticed that since I talked about it, like if you're out at a restaurant or whatever, that people are just sitting there on their phones? Lisa and I, actually, the, the uh, day, actually, we went out with my mom and dad that day after I talked about that, and I pointed out to them, I said, look around the restaurant, you know, and there's people on their phones. Well, what's your plan for that? What's your plan going to be at home? Maybe it's everybody needs to put their phone in another room. Or again, I talked about it a couple weeks ago as we talked about what do you do in restaurants. Well, you make it a rule that whoever pulls their phone out first is the person has to pay for the food. That'll stop you. What, what, what's your plan? Maybe for some of you, you have to have a, uh, a plan where, you know, to, to not deal with all these distractions and stuff and, and to have more quality family time. Maybe at 10 o'clock, everything gets turned off. TV gets turned off, phones get turned off, computers get turned off, tablets are getting turned off, everything's going off. Maybe that needs to be your plan. not saying it has to be. Just saying think ahead on some of these things. What is your plan going to look like? You know, one of the, the things that I realized as I was preparing for this series was just how many times a day my phone beeps, buzzes, dings, and rings. I was averaging over 30 a day just... And again, instinctively, every time it would do it, I'd just reach for it to see what was going on. Well, guess what? I'm not as effective that way because, you know, if I'm preparing for a sermon or whatever and I'm right in the midst of writing everything and beep and, you know, look at it and, oh, somebody's cat video. Well, that isn't helping you guys with your, you know, the message that you're going to hear on Sunday mornings. And so what I had to do is say, you know what? As part of my plan, I need to go in and on my settings, change my notifications. Like the one site that I get notifications from I was getting notifications every 15 minutes if something came out. So now I set it that I get it every six hours. Man, it's so much nicer. <laughs> I've noticed over the past couple of weeks, not just every couple of minutes, just reaching in and grabbing my phone. So maybe that needs to be your plan is to go in and, and change your notification settings. Maybe you need to uh, make yourself a rule that at work you're just not even going to get on your Facebook account. Because what happens? You're supposed to be doing work and somebody else is paying you to do something else, probably not being on Facebook, right? And, you know, so you're like, it's easy just to like, oh, you know, and you like click the thing and, and all of a sudden you've lost a half hour. So maybe you have to make that a, a plan. Maybe that needs to be one of your rules. Maybe for some of you, your plan needs to be this, to go a, a week or to go maybe a month without social media. Say, you know what, for the the next week, I'm just not going to be on Facebook. Some of you are going, I don't know if I could do that. Well, listen, if that's you, that means it's a problem. Again, Paul said, nothing should control us. And if you're saying, I can't, like, not be on there, that is definitely 
a problem that's controlling you. So again, whatever it looks like, have some sort of game plan. Get yourself and your priorities back on track. Now, everything I've talked about so far as far as a game plan has all been sort of defensive types of things, but I want to give you a couple offensive things that you can do. Be proactive in creating rest for yourself. And one of the best ways I can suggest that you do that is to not just worship and learn about Jesus on Sunday mornings. Be proactive and learn how to do that for yourself all week long. So here's one of the things, because again, many of you, the first thing you do, you know, probably your phone is now your alarm clock, and so you reach over, you hit it, turn it off, and then what do you do? You start looking what's on Facebook, what's on Twitter, what happened on Instagram, you know, you're checking the news, your email, all that kind of stuff. If you haven't yet, if you have a smartphone, please, please, please download the YouVersion app. YouVersion app is a Bible app. And literally, it has thousands and thousands of Bible reading plans, devotionals, that you can have right on your phone. So wouldn't it be amazing if the first thing that happened in the morning, because you're already reaching over and picking up your phone anyway, wouldn't it be amazing if the first thing that happened when you turned on your phone was there was your devotional for the day? And that maybe even before you stepped foot out of bed, you already spent a little time with Jesus. Even if it's just one verse. Wouldn't that be a better way to start out your day than somebody's stupid cat video? All cat videos are stupid, by the way. (laughs) But you knew that already. Wouldn't it be better to to do that, to start out? And and here's the cool thing. You can set up the notifications on version to be a friendly reminder that, hey, you haven't done your devotional yet today. Wouldn't that be cool? That now the technology is making sure that every single day you've done your devotion. Because if you don't do it right away in the morning and hit the thing that sort of says I'm done, later on in the day it's going to beep you and say, hey, don't forget, spending a couple minutes in God's Word every day is a good thing for you. So be proactive. Have a game plan for that. Once you get used to stilling and quieting your soul that five minutes that you're just sitting just nothing once you get used to doing that then i'd encourage you extend it by a couple minutes maybe two or three minutes more and this is where you can now pray and now you get to talk see the five minutes allowing god to talk if you don't get anything else out of a day god doesn't just want to hear you just babbling on and on and on and on he wants to speak to you more than he wants you to speak to him now he does want you to speak to him But it needs to start with you hearing from him first. And now you talk back and say, God, here's what's going on in my day. Here's what's going on in my life. You know, my aunt, my uncle, my cousin, whoever, you know, cancer, please heal their body, whatever it is. And so you talk to him. Here's something else I'd encourage you to do. You know, Wednesday or Thursday rolls around and the the holy hangover from Sunday sort of worn off, right? How many of you... I know you don't get it all the time because, you know, I'm not that good and the band's not always that. Uh, they're always good, but I'm not always that good. But is there sometimes that you walk out of here and you're like, oh, man, I'm on cloud nine, right? And it's Jesus, right? And it's like you're walking out and you've got the, you know, the holy hangover going, right? And, you know, you're friendly with everybody. You're hugging everybody. It's just like when you used to, you know, be out and drunk and stuff, but now you don't actually throw up anymore. So it's like, you know. It's great. You got this holy hangover. And, and like sometimes even Monday mornings, you know, it's still like, oh, man, church is so good yesterday and everything. And then you go to work. 
And all of a sudden, like, everybody there is like, rah, 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 rah. and by Wednesday, you're one of the rah, 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 people, right? <laughs> Holy hangover's worn off. So here's what I want you to do. In the program each week, we list every single song that we do. Jump on YouTube. Every song that, well, except the one that we did this morning, because it was an original song. All right! Woo! <laughs> Not on YouTube yet, but I saw Steve and Elisa both with things. So I'm sure it'll be online before the end of the day. All right. Uh, but, you know, you can actually watch all the songs done by the original people that wrote those songs and in the churches where they originally written, and many of the uh, the songs that we do are from like some big, you know, mega type churches. And so you can like right there on YouTube in your office or whatever, take like just five or ten minutes just to worship along with some other people. Again, learn about Jesus and, and worship Jesus, not just on Sunday mornings, but learn to do it all throughout the week. And that will bring rest for your soul. All right, as I start to uh, wrap up the series then, Let me give you uh, one more scripture here. In Jeremiah chapter 16, or uh, Jeremiah 6, verse 16, it says this, Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the the old godly way and walk in it. Again, stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Now, during this series, it may have sounded like I was bashing social media, bashing technology. I haven't been. Again, I love it. I really, really do. But what I've been trying to encourage you is is sort of what Jeremiah is saying here. Is that, you know what? New is not always better. Sometimes we've got to go back to the old ways in order to figure out what's best. And what I want to encourage you is that what's found in here, the truths that are found in this book, the old godly ways, don't neglect them. Don't neglect prayer. Don't neglect fasting. Don't neglect peace and solitude that comes when you just sit in the presence of God. Take some time to worship. Take some time to read His Word. Don't forget about those things just because you got a bunch of new stuff that's out there. So again, Jeremiah says, look, we're all at a crossroads. Either we're going to apply the things that we've learned in this series or we're not. And it's Each of us have free will. We have free choice. I can't force you to do anything. God can't force you to do anything. You're at a crossroads. Jeremiah says, look, look around. There's God's way of doing it. And there's Satan's way. There's the world's way of doing it. He says, so go the godly way. Walk in that. Again, for the past five weeks, We've looked at these things. But what I want to encourage you with social media is this. Make sure that you always prioritize your relationship with God and your face-to-face relationship with other people before you do anything else. And here's how Jeremiah concludes that verse then. He says, if you'll travel its path, meaning the old godly path, you will find rest for your souls. That's my prayer for you today is that you're going to find rest for your soul, that you'll sharpen that saw, that you'll take just a couple minutes each and every day to say, God, here I am. I don't have an agenda. I'm not asking for anything. I'm just going to sit at your feet and worship who you are in the glory of your name. Let's pray together. Father, 
thank you uh, for who you are and that we can be still before you, that it's okay not to have to perform for you in any way, that you just desire our presence. And Lord, I pray that we would desire your presence as much as you desire ours. Lord, I, I pray that for those that may have come in this morning, that they're exhausted, they're overwhelmed, that, Lord, they just, man, they feel a heavy burden. That, Jesus, they would accept your invitation that you gave. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burden. I will give you rest. Lord, help us to be comfortable in the stillness. Help us to be comfortable in the quietness. Not to allow things to distract us. But instead, enjoy you. Father, thank you that time with you is more refreshing even than a swimming pool on a hot summer day. Thank you that you have promised us your peace. Help us to experience that not just in this moment, God, but as we take that old godly path and we sit in contemplation, we sit in reflection of who you are. Lord, thank you for social media and the times that we live in with all the new technologies. But help us never to be controlled by any of those things. Help us to not be mastered by those things. But instead, see those things as what they are. Just a a tool that we can use. But Lord, it would be better to not have those things than to lose our relationship with you and to lose that face-to-face relationship with others that you want us to have. So Lord, whatever it is that you're calling us to do as a result of today's message or as a result of this series, I pray that we'd have the boldness and the courage to take next steps next steps that will honor you and glorify you and be smack dab in your will. Jesus, thank you. And it's in your name that I pray. Amen.